You're listening to 103.5 FM, the Sun Community Radio, WLSPLP, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. And this is Homeroom with Brad Saren. My name is Todd Molesky. I'm the host, Dr. Saren. Can't be with us here this morning, but we have some fabulous guests for you. And we have Patty Lux Weber from the district with us. Patty, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. We need some volume on your microphone here. Hold on a second. Let's get that figured out here in a minute. But uh, it's, it's good having you all with us, and we want to introduce our guests, first of all, uh, Debbie Brown. Hi, Debbie. Hi, thanks for having us in today. And Elizabeth Feisthamel. I think I got that right. You got it right. I got it right. Thanks for having Woo-hoo. us in. They are the district health nurses for the Sun Prairie Area School District, and we're happy to have them here with us to talk about you know, something that doesn't get talked about an awful lot, really, outside the, the school district, but it's a really important part of of what goes on in the schools and that's nursing school nurses and and basically health in the district and so i was wondering if maybe one of you guys or both of you guys could could talk a little bit about what it means to have you know school nursing and and what that all encompasses because i think people maybe have a, a pretty narrow definition of it but i think it's really in reality a lot broader than that yeah, you're right. Um, school nursing is a really unique type of nursing. When you think about a nurse in like a clinic or a hospital, you're very focused on the health of that person and making sure that they're at their optimal health. When you're a nurse in a school setting, your ultimate goal is to make sure that children are able to learn. We're there to support that educational process. I get asked often, what does a school nurse do? And it's hard to sum that up in one word. Of course, we obviously take care of children who are sick, who are hurt. We give medication, we do medical procedures, we do all of those things that I think people would think of. But there's a whole lot that happens behind the scenes that that's the part that people don't always understand. And there's a quote that's from the former U.S. Surgeon General Jocelyn Elders, and I feel like she really kind of sums it up of what a school nurse does. Her quote is, you can't educate a child who isn't healthy, and you can't keep a child healthy who isn't educated. So that's really what we work towards. We help remove um, any health-related barriers for a child who maybe has a condition that makes it hard for them to be able to sit in class and learn. We help remove that barrier and work with the other team members to help support them in the classroom. And then we also do that education part. So we are helping educate children so that they can stay healthy. Um, School nurses are educators as well. Right. These are definitely the things that kind of are components of a good, well-rounded uh, educational uh, picture and I guess we've talked in the, on the show before about uh, how nutrition fits into that and I think this is kind of goes hand in hand with that you students can't be in the right frame of mind for learning unless they're healthy in, in all of those regards um, Elizabeth what what from your perspective does it look like here in Sun Prairie when we're talking about uh, nursing and health yeah So the way we kind of make this happen in Sun Prairie is we have two district nurses. So that's myself and Debbie Brown. We kind of coordinate health services for the district. We are a resource to the community, staff and parents and outside agencies. We work with families and students to develop health plans and protocols for students who have chronic health conditions. We are a team member in many IEP and 504 settings. And we provide classroom education and staff training. So we're kind of touching a lot of different areas and supporting all of our buildings. And then in all of our schools, we have a health assistant. The health assistant is a minimum of an LPN. They 
provide first aid, administer medications, and they're the front line in communication with staff and family about health needs. So they're in all of our schools right there providing that day-to-day -day care for our students. And, you know, that's, that's a lot of schools. That's a lot of people to, to, to kind of be working with. Um, how, how, do, how do those those people kind of work with you to make sure everyone's on the same page, I guess, in, in terms of, um, you know, making sure the right, the right care is going to the right kids and, and uh, everyone's up to date on, you know, when we talk about immunizations a little later, it's all, all in those kind of things of, of, of keeping kids healthy. So that's part of what we do as a district nurses is set up procedures and policies, guidelines that sets kind of a standard of what we would expect and how we care for certain conditions or in certain situations. Um, obviously, every child is different, so that's a guideline to get us started. And then if there's ever something that's not able to work or it needs to be adjusted or tweaked, then that's where we would come in and kind of help work out that plan and individualize it. But sure. One of the, you know, I think critical things is you always have to be prepared for medical emergencies to happen. Uh, I know that, you know, at the front lines, teachers are involved with that. The, the school health assistants are, are involved in that. Uh, what kind of things are done to make sure everyone's prepared for, you know, what can happen when we're talking about, uh, you know, a, a lot of things that can, you know, that can uh, come up in, during a school day or after a school day and, and, and everything like that? Sure. If you think about it, there's over 8,000 students in our district, plus another 1,000 staff or visitors on any given day. That's a lot of people. Our school district is more like a small community. It's actually comparable in size to the village of DeForest or the city of Monona. So there's a lot of things that can happen in a small community or in a school district that we have to be prepared for. So there's things like major events, anaphylaxis, heart attacks, stroke, and then there's more common scraped knees and sprained ankles that happen most days. And we have to prepare for all levels of medical emergency. So one essential focus of school nursing is that we prepare for that. And there's a lot of steps to be ready. We have to be ready for whatever may come our way. And so we work closely with students and staff and family, um, colleagues. We have our health assistants, our district nurses. We all really work to come around that and have really great plans in place so we can kind of be ready for anything that may happen. There's a lot of steps to think about that. And we really wanna focus on ways we can prevent or limit the impact. We can't prevent all medical emergencies, but we can definitely work around our response to it so that we can respond as appropriately as possible. But if there's a chance to help prevent something, we wanna recognize that opportunity too. And we collaborate to make sure we have the supplies, we have lots of trained staff, we have all the resources we need to be able to really come around that and help students who may need it. May need it. So what that looks like in our district is we have that health assistant in our building. So really, again, they're that frontline person. They're providing for the scraped knees and the medications that students may need, headaches, stomach aches, all those things that come through the health office on any given day. And then we make sure we have lots of teachers and support staff who are also trained to deal with any medical emergency that may arise. So we make sure we have CPR and first aid trained staff. We teach teachers how to take care of students in their care that may have a chronic condition like seizures or diabetes on how to give their emergency medications if they may need it, um, any issues that might arise. So we make sure that we have lots of prepared staff in our buildings. We also have defined medical emergency response teams in each of our buildings. So what this is, it's a team of eight to 12 people in each school. And these are people who are maybe already CPR and first aid certified. They're interested in medical response. They're interested in being part of this team and being part of the people that would respond to medical emergencies. So we meet every year with this team to make sure everybody's on the same page. We make sure that everyone has the information they need. And then we also drill at least yearly. So we have a, a mock drill where we really get an opportunity to work through 
all the roles those team members may fill and all the possibilities that are out there of something they might have to respond to. So you might be thinking, we do all this work around preparation, but how much is it actually needed? So in the 2016-17 school year, we had 20 medical emergency response calls and 16 EMS calls district-wide. So this equates to about one situation a week, which is actually a lot. So we really do need to be prepared and ready to respond. We also have about 80 significant injuries that occur in our schools every year. So these are things like broken bones, wounds that require stitches, concussions. So there's lots of events happening every day in our buildings. We also have about 450 students that we have an emergency health plan or protocol on. So these are kids who have known health conditions, things like seizures, diabetes, food allergy, mm -hmm. and we have a plan in place. So if an event does happen at school, there's lots of people around who are trained and ready to respond and help support that student. We also make sure that we have all those staff members aware, and it's just making sure teachers are comfortable enough to take care of the students in their care. So if they're there with that student when something happens, we want that teacher to have the tools and resources and knowledge to be confident in helping that student. Right. I can imagine that, you know, when something like that happens, you don't want people finding out that, A, there was a food allergy at that time, you know, and, and then having to react to it. You want people to know about those kind of things well in advance of anything that might happen. Absolutely. When we talk, I think you mentioned anaphylaxis before, and, and you know that that kind of goes a little bit with food allergy, with you know a lot of those kind of reactions. Um, that's a really kind of dangerous thing because you you don't see it coming, and then it's hard for the person to communicate it. How how are react how are responses to that prepared for? I guess. Yeah, so food allergies, it's, it's interesting. That's something a generation ago, 15 years ago, you very seldom ever heard of it, and it really wasn't on people's radar. But now it's become really, really common. Nationally, it's estimated that 3 to 4% of children have some type of food allergy, and we see that reflected here in Sun Prairie. We have about 250 students with a known food allergy. So we have to be prepared and have plans in place, not only for that, but also that we know that it can happen at any time to anybody. There was a study in Chicago public schools last year, and they found that when they gave epi, 30% of the time that they had to administer a dose of epi in their schools, it was because of a child that they didn't know had a previous allergy. Wow. So it's being prepared for those that we know of, but also being prepared for those that we maybe don't know about, or it could be that first time reaction. So again, it's one of those things I think people think about, yes, the, the nurse is there, yes, the team is there and ready to administer the epi, but there's a whole lot of work that we do before we even get to that point to try and prevent. Yeah. Is it the kind of thing where a student who has a known food allergy, they have an EpiPen at the school the whole time, or, or is it something that they have to carry with them? State law actually says that they can carry it with them if they want. Um, so some students do carry it, especially as they get older and if they're involved in a lot of after-school activities. Some of the students will carry it themselves. Many of them do keep it in the nurse office so that um, we have it and we know where it is, no matter where they are in the school building. And it's one of those things um, Elizabeth had talked about that we run drills. One of the drills that we sometimes run is to practice for if somebody has an anaphylactic reaction. So we're used to that response and how to get that epi there quickly. Um, so we are definitely prepared for that. But we also, as a district... Uh, I think it was back in 2008-09 school year, we actually were able to get our own EpiPens. And so we have Epi available to anybody, whether it is a student or a staff or a visitor. Maybe a visitor walks in and is stung by a bee right. and have a, has a reaction. We have our own Epi and our own orders that we can administer that. And um, it's a program that we've kind of expanded over the years. It started out really tight. We initially said only the, the health assistant or the nurse could do it. Then we kind of expanded out, said, well, somebody on the medical emergency response team can give it. 
And now we've promoted it that we are doing a lot of education around what to look for and how to respond that anybody, any staff member who's been trained is able to access it. And um, I think it was last year we put up bright yellow boxes that are in all of our main offices. And inside those bright yellow boxes is where we keep the epi. And that way it's accessible, including after school. So if soccer mm -hmm. club is is doing something, if drama is doing something, and something happens, a trained staff member can go and access that epi and administer it. Sure. I, like you are talking about before, it's those instances where someone doesn't know they have a food allergy or are allergic to bee stings or those kind of things that maybe they wouldn't have had an EpiPen that having those there in the office, I'm, I'm sure is, is critical for, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I've seen these in a lot of buildings, the, the portable, or I guess, I don't know if they're portable, but the defibrillator devices. Mm -hmm. um, what's what's the, that like in the district? And, and uh, talk about the, the preparation for those kind of events. You, you know, you hope those are never, you know, have to be used, but having them there is, is such a good, um, you know, uh, a, a good thing to have just in case. It is. So those are AEDs. Those are automated external defibrillators. And that is a device that in the event of a cardiac arrest where the heart's not beating normally, they can be used to shock that heart into a, hopefully, into a normal rhythm. It's so important to have them accessible because if someone does suffer a cardiac arrest, the chance of survival outside of a hospital is pretty low, but it decreases for every minute that that AED doesn't get to the person, it decreases another 10%. And so that's why you're seeing AEDs in our school buildings. You're seeing them in the community. You can even see them in places you might not expect. So now that you're aware of them, it's kind of interesting to go out in the community and notice, hey, there is an AED. I didn't even know they had one here. So we find that it's really important to have them in schools too. So we're prepared. So it may be a student, it may be a staff member, it may be a visitor. It can be anyone in our you know school community that might have a cardiac event. So suffer symptoms of a heart attack or have cardiac arrest. And we want to be prepared. So we have an, at least one AED in all of our buildings. Some of our build, bigger buildings have multiple AEDs. And we have lots of staff members, again, who are trained to use them and to respond to that kind of emergency. So we make sure we have you know those CPR and first aid trained staff members. We make sure that all the staff members in a building know where the AED is in their building so they'd be able to grab it and bring it to a situation. And the great thing about AEDs is all you have to know is it's there. It tells you what to do. So really anyone can use an AED if it's needed. So it's really nice to have that option. In Sun Prairie, we've really spent a lot of focus on cardiac emergency awareness, and we um, have heart achieved Heart Safe School, so Wisconsin Heart Safe School certification for many of our buildings. So this is a certification through Project Atom that focuses on those components so that your building is ready to respond to any kind of cardiac emergency. It makes sure that we have a written plan and a team of CPR AED trained staff ready to act in emergency. Those are our medical emergency response teams. It makes sure that we have an AED available and accessible. And so we make sure that all our staff members, again, know where that AED is. And it makes sure that we conduct those cardiac emergency response drills, which we are doing in all of our buildings to make sure we've practiced that response. So having that, that recognition, that Wisconsin Heart Safe School certification, is really a great thing. But actually, one of our elementary schools, so Royal Oaks Elementary, has National Heart Safe School certification. And that is actually the first school in Wisconsin to achieve that certification. So we got that about three years ago, back in 2014. It was the first school in Wisconsin to get certified as a national heart safe school, which was a pretty big deal, mm -hmm. some recognition there. One of the unique things to that certification is that we also did some student training. 
And so this is where we went in for the last three years and we've trained our fourth and fifth grade students at Royal Oaks how to do hands-only CPR mm -hmm. and how to use an AED. So even these fourth and fifth grade students, they can learn these skills pretty quickly. We practice on mannequins. It's pretty fun to watch, you know, over 150 yeah, kids right. practicing on mannequins, doing CPR, really getting into it and getting excited about it and being able to do it. It really is a skill that you can teach to a lot of different people of many different ages. And now they're better prepared to help maybe in the school community, but also in the greater community. If they're out at a playground and something happens, these might be the kids that know how to respond more than the adults in this situation know how to respond. And we actually heard from some kids that they, some parents that they went home and told their parents how awesome this was, <laughs> taught their whole family how to do hands-only CPR. The American Heart Association has really great like two-minute videos that you can pull up and you can watch, and you know you can even do it yourself if you're interested in this. Pull up those videos, watch them, and you would have these skills to do learn how to do hands-only CPR yourself. So it's it's really great to be spreading that message and getting more people trained in our community. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the more the more people that, that know what to do in, in case of an emergency, the better. I mean, because, you know, chances are, hopefully then someone will be around that, that can help out when that, that does happen, yeah. You're listening to Homeroom uh, with, with Brad Saren on 103.5 The Sun Community Radio, coming to you from the 103.5 The Sun Studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. Our guests today are Elizabeth Feist-Hamill and Debbie Brown, the district health nurses for the Sun Prairie Area School District. Let's talk a little bit about um, training that goes on for staff and, you know, kind of going off of what we're talking about there before that, you know, there's obviously some work being done with students too about what's uh, just education in terms of overall health and, and, and you know, the things that you do. What, what, what are the, the key focuses there? Well, I think one of the best parts of this job is being able to get in the classroom and do some hands-on training and education for students. So there's a lot of opportunities that we get to do that and on a lot of different topics. So at the high school in Cardinal Heights, we've been invited in to do talks on what is nursing, try to encourage that next generation of kids to get interested in nursing as a career both school nursing and nursing in general, so it's kind of fun to talk about. We also teach kids how to do vital signs. So in the medical occupations class, we're teaching kind of those basic level skills to see if kids are interested in those kinds of careers. We've provided first aid and CPR classes not only for those Royal Oak students, but also at PPA, so they can get certification that's gonna help them hopefully find employment. So those are it's fun to teach those skills to kids of all ages. We also present on human growth and development topics in both the elementary and upper levels. We also do a lot of targeted training, so this might be for a whole classroom or for a specific staff group. So if a student comes in newly diagnosed with diabetes, we may go into that classroom and talk to the other kids in the classroom about what is this condition. This is what the student might be needing to do to take care of their health condition. This is what it might look like. So trying to help um, help everybody understand what that looks like. And then to make that teacher, again, feel comfortable taking care of that student. So sometimes small group training on diabetic care, emergency medications, what to do if a kid has a seizure in your classroom. Again, it's really important to talk about those things so our, our teachers and staff that are right hands on with our kids every day are ready to respond. So we also do a lot of other staff training. So we do coordinate the CPR and first aid training and provide that training for staff. There's a monthly opportunity staff can get certified, which a lot of people take advantage of, and I think that's great. We also do talking around bloodborne pathogens and those emergency steps. So just lots of training opportunities that we get to get into the classroom with students and work with our staff hands-on. Yeah, one of the, the hot-button issues I know sometimes can be immunizations and, you know, making sure kids are 
up to date on those. Um, how does the district work with those and how do you guys work with those in terms of making sure the importance of them is communicated and that, you know, everyone's up to date and that, um, you know, the records are kept that way, I guess. Yeah, so we definitely keep track of immunizations and promote and and um, provide information about where to go get immunizations if a family is new to the area or maybe doesn't have insurance or access to a doctor. We are always um, promoting that and letting them know. We do keep track of all of our 8,000 students of their immunization status. We do reports on that, and um, there's actually a new website on the state of Wisconsin where you can go and see each school district and what their immunization rate is. Uh, Wisconsin is a personal waiver state, so some of our families choose to sign a personal waiver and they don't get immunized, and that's part of what we have to report out to the state as well. So definitely monitoring that, um, with the goal being that hopefully if your population is immunized, you can help prevent communicable disease outbreaks from happening. And we've seen in other parts of the country that there have been outbreaks of measles or mumps when their vaccination rate gets lower, below a certain threshold. Is is that something that... um Anything that the district is worrying about here currently? Any big issues going on there with communicable diseases? Anything? You never know what's going to happen, right? That's <laughs> so. that's one of the scary things, isn't it? That uh, you always have to kind of try to stay one step ahead, but you never know what's what's coming around. You don't. So it's really it's an area that I actually personally find really really interesting. So um, always just kind of keeping an eye and ear out of what's going on internationally, nationally, um, some of the measles outbreaks and mumps outbreaks have been right next door in Minnesota. So it's keeping an eye on that just so we have that awareness. We get communication from our local health department from the state of Wisconsin health department does an excellent job of letting that schools know, letting school nurses know when there's potential for something, what to watch for. Um, And then here at the local level, we're always keeping an eye on things as well. We do actually monitor our attendance and look and see, do we see an unusual spike in the number of students who are out ill? And if we do, we try to investigate into that a little bit further. Like, is it it all respiratory and and, um, fever type things, or is it strep throat, or is it pink eye, whatever it might be, just to try and identify, is there any trends that we see? And we do dig pretty deep into that sometimes, especially like at the elementary, we might dig it even farther down to say, wow, we've noticed a pattern that is happening in a certain grade or in a certain classroom, and then push out any information that would be appropriate to push out to the family so that they know and are aware and keep an extra eye on their child as well. Yeah. Well, the last thing I think we're going to have time to talk about today is just how you guys advocate for students and their families um you know there there are a lot of community resources out there that are you know health related and and uh dental related these these kind of things how, how do you guys work with that and, and uh, make sure the students are getting what they need in in those areas so we work with any family if we know that they have a need obviously we'll work with that family to help them identify any resources out that are out there um we're working on building relationships both elizabeth and i participate in different coalitions in dane county that help us stay connected with that sometimes there's opportunities where we can bring something into the school so for example um, three of our elementaries participate in the participate in celebrate smiles which is a mobile dental program through access community health where the um, dentists and the hygienists come into our schools and um, obviously we have consent from the parent before we would do right. that but they will assess the child's mouth see if they see any signs of cavities if there are any signs of cavities they actually do treatment in the school they also do preventative care they'll do fluoride treatments um, and 
the dental sealants to try and prevent cavities from happening in the first place. So we're, we're able to get access to some of our students who maybe have never even seen a dentist before mm-hmm. to get services and get that treatment. And that really does help in the classroom in the long run, too, because if any of you have ever had a toothache, you know it's really painful and it can be hard to concentrate on math if you have a sore tooth. Um, so we're trying to help, again, keep children in the classroom and healthy and able to learn. Um, so that would be one example of of the community resources that we're able to bring in. Right. And, you know, with dental stuff that you're talking about, that makes such a difference later in life, too, when, when that starts with a good foundation. I know that, you know, good dental health at a young age typically means better dental health at an older age. And, and that, that really does mean something when you start to put on the years. I know that for sure. Uh, let's bring Patty in here for the last few minutes. Uh, Patty, let's, uh, you might have to use one of these microphones. I'm not sure that one's going to be working, but, uh, let's talk about what's, uh, what's happening in the district and what, uh, what kind of things you want to, uh, talk about here. Great. Thanks. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, I'm just really thrilled that we were able to bring these two today and, and showcase the important work that they do. They have awesome teams in our schools, and I think it's really a point of pride for Sun Prairie that we're able to have such great, um, great services um, throughout the district. So I'm excited to showcase these two today. Um, I want to mention that um, Pink Out is this Friday at our football games. So that's in support of breast, breast cancer research and um, you know awareness in the month of September. So on out to the football game and uh, wear pink and you know we've had a couple weeks of school under our belt and um, schools are going well and um, you know things are really underway it's exciting to to see the kids learning and starting to you know to get into a groove after our first few weeks so just excited to have that it's been a great great few weeks all right well yeah we know there's uh, there's always something going on in the district and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks to, to talk about more stuff uh, I want to thank our guests today with Debbie Brown and Elizabeth Feist-Hamill from the district's health nurses. Well, from they are the district's health nurses. They're not from them. They, they are them. Uh, thanks, you guys, for joining us, and, and good luck with, with everything that's going on the rest of the school year. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to Homeroom with Brad Saren on 103.5 FM, The Sun Community Radio. When I wake up in the Myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's alright, cause I'm safe out of hell. If the teacher pops a test, I know I'm in a mess. And my dog ate all my homework last night. Riding low on my chair, she won't know that I'm there. If I can hand it in tomorrow, it'll be alright. It's alright, cause I'm I'm safe by the It's all